Hi, welcome to the Dr. Zen Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Alexis Hazen. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon who specializes in breast surgery and transgender surgery with a holistic approach to wellness and anti-aging. I've been practicing in New York City for over 20 years. I continue to learn and educate as an associate professor at NYU Langone Health Plastic Surgery. This podcast will explore stories of transformation and healing, struggles and victories, new technology, anti-aging, wellness, and spiritual health. I will speak with guests and tell their stories, and together we will learn from experts in science, technology, medicine, and wellness. Please join me in our mission to discover Zen. Every episode, I'm going to say five things that I'm grateful for. So today, I'm grateful for clean air, my husband and children, dogs, all dogs, but especially my dog, the ability of people to change, and ice cream. Dr. Zen podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Alexis Hazen, and joining me is Carla Malucci Ardito, who I'm so honored and excited to have as my first guest. She is a person who is a jack of all trades in terms of healing and body work. She started out as a voice trainer and then went into yoga with a deep dive of, of how the body works and moves and then combine that with breath work, and now has combined all these factors together to work on healing the body and the mind together. I call it yoga therapy, and I'm not sure what she calls it, but but we'll find (laughs) out. So welcome, Carla, and thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. So I thought you could tell us a little bit about your personal journey of transformation in terms of arriving where you are now in helping others and yourself in your own healing journey? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I think, you know, those of us who are so embedded in and have so many years of experience of healing, of course, if we're good at it, coming from a place where we had to start to heal ourselves and that journey goes on forever. And so I I think my journey started very, very young as being a very uh, sensitive human being. I mean, we all have sensitivity, but we're all sensitive in different ways at different levels. And I think uh, for me, uh, just being part of a big part of my sensitivity was being very aware of everything around me, like the the energies of everybody around me, I was very aware of at a very young age. And... um, and I think that was probably the beginnings of it. It was like, uh, I couldn't be in a room without picking up other people's, you know, what they're feeling underneath, even if they're smiling. And there's like, I can sense what's going on underneath them. Sort um, of a, under- a gift and a burden, wouldn't you say? Yes, definitely <laughs> a gift and a burden. And it's interesting because I do think that um, 
that most of us who are doing what we love to do, uh, we had to turn it into a positive thing, but it didn't necessarily start as a positive thing. It started as absolutely who we were, again, who we are, but uh, we probably were trying to use our skills in a way that was not so good for us, at least in the healing world. Um, so, you know, it, you, ha you have to take the anxiety out of it because the first one you're young and you're growing up in a, in a home that has its dysfunctions, which all our homes do, um, it's, you know, you're, you're having anxiety about trying to help everybody. It's like, oh my God, right. I got to help them because I need them to love me. So if right. I don't help, if I help them, they'll love me. Right. And, and you, and part of the, part of getting to where I am now is was having to slowly get rid of that and make it not about the anxiety of having to help anybody, but really focusing on me and getting, figuring out how my household and my surroundings was affecting me on a physical and emotional level. And then once I did that, I was slowly able to let go of the anxiety part of it, of helping people because nobody wants to be helped by anybody that's, that they can sense anxiety about them getting better. People will run, will run away from that in a minute. So it has to be that they sense that, you know, you're there as a guide and you're helping them, but you don't have anything emotionally invested in them getting better. It's really, um, it's much more, there's a lot more separation. You need, you need that boundary in order for the person to feel free to heal. Because otherwise, there's too much pressure. Like, I'm, I'm healing for you. I, I can sense you want me to heal. So um, that makes so much sense. And, and I think one of the things that, that, you know, we've talked about a lot over the years and that scientists talk about a lot right now is just this connection between the mind and the body. And... Mm -hmm. Um, I know you've you've learned a lot about this in courses and in reading and and how emotions and problems can sort of get stuck in the body and trauma can get stuck in the body. Can you right. speak a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, for one thing, when you say mind and body connection, what I immediately think about is first of all, that you can't separate those two things. People think they can be intellectualized anything and you just can't cut, be just in your head and intellectualize. Your body's definitely going through something, no matter what you think. But also um, there is a way in which you're, what's, being, what's been written about a lot lately, and there's a, a very famous um, neuroscientist named Antonio Damasio who's written a lot of books um, about this very thing, which is that your mind really can't function well without your emotions. You need to be able to feel emotions for your intellectual mind to understand your world and what's happening to you. And if you cut off the anger and you cut off the fear and you cut off the sadness, what happens is your brain really tries to, will try to make assumptions about what happened without the information from the body that said that really hurt me. That really made me angry. And when the mind makes assumptions about your life without the information that the feeling body gives to it, it it's it always a mistake. It's always erroneous. And then what we do is we go into situations with that mind's, um, you know, uh, high deduction or hypothesis of whatever happened, conclusion, and and it's never right. So then we find ourselves in situations that aren't working, and that's the reason they're not working because you had to cut off from the information. And as children. You know, or any kind of trauma, whether it's small trauma or big trauma, children will cut off from what they're feeling if they sense that feeling it isn't going to do anything for them. And, and not only that, that the people around them, namely the people that are taking care of them, um, won't, won't validate or accept those emotions, or even they get punished for feeling it that way. Right. So I, that's, that's how a, we, yeah. Yeah, that's a really big thing. And, and, and yeah. finding healthy ways to access those feelings. So, so what would, what are some ways that people can learn to access 
these feelings that maybe they haven't been allowed to feel or they they have repressed um, so much that they don't even know they feel them. And, right. you know, I think of sort of unhealthy ways of, of acting out like road rage is a really good mm -hmm. example right. of a really, really bad way of accessing, you know, anger. Um, so what might be um, strategies for, for doing this, you know, in the right. absence of, of a therapist guide? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, when you're talking about something like road rage, um, what I would say is that person has been triggered. So they're, they're not really feeling the pure emotion of anger. They're kind of in a very frustrated, frantic, hysterical state, you know, and the, and what's happening to them is that whatever is going on about the person cutting them off or whatever they're, whatever triggered them is absolutely reminding their body of something that actually really did happen that really was hurtful or really was anger inducing that they never got to feel. And now this moment in the car is reminding their body of that, but they can't access the pure anger from the past. So they, so that is what trigger it. That's what trigger means. It's like I'm being triggered. My body's being reminded of it, but I can't access it with my mind logically what actually happened to me. So now I'm in a state of, you know, of acting out of, of reacting, you know? And so what that person can do is try to, when they catch themselves going into that road rage triggered place um, to sort of be like, okay, whatever just happened, like what, it, what did that really make me feel like, and try to get to the real feeling, which is probably fear. Like that scared me. And then, okay, well, why did I, why did my my reactions that why should why is it so big you know is it reminding my body of something it does does this feel like anything from the past i mean you can't obviously do this i don't think when you're driving right but maybe right. later on but later, later on, on you, yeah later on you can put yourself back in that moment and close your eyes and, and let yourself so in answer to your question about like how do you can you start to work on that? Well, what we're trying to do is reconnect to the body and not let the, bo the body just remind the brain of something that the brain doesn't understand and flip out. So if you can put yourself back in that moment and allow your body to just really feel what you're feeling, it, and, and as it applies to that moment in the car, but then go, okay, but then what does that remind me of? Is, are there places in my past where I felt that exact same feeling that I was feeling in the car when that thing happened? And, and if you're open to it, you know, if you're not, if you haven't decided that this is not going to work, which most people are pretty open to this technique, they will go, wow, yeah, kind of made me think it, what it does, what it does is like it brings up into my mind this moment from the past that just pops into my head because now my body is giving my brain information. Oh yeah, that felt like this. And then you start talking about it and then you can go back to the past moment and actually work it out like that with, a, with whomever it was that upset you. And then what you're doing is you're allowing yourself to, um, to alleviate the intensity of that, to lessen the intensity. Because when something's been pushed down for a very long time and then it gets triggered, it comes out in a really like, uh, you know, uh, like a volcanic way. But when you can go back and fix the thing that happened in the past, then when you're in the car again, you might get pissed off, but you're not going to fly into this crazy triggered rage. Because now you've, you know what I'm saying? And now you've yeah, kind of like, yeah, you no, absolutely. Yeah. So, so you could potentially look at situations where you, you have a familiar feeling and maybe it's rage or maybe it's panic or maybe it's profound sadness and 
and when I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is when when the reaction isn't really merited for the situation, right. those are probably situations where there's something beneath it. And there's some it's triggering a past thing exactly. that happened where you had that feeling, emotion, reaction, and that in working through those past scenarios can can help you in terms yeah. of reworking how you react to the new stimulus, stim, you know, situation yeah. or yeah. stimulation. Exactly. So exactly. I like what you said about it being like under the surface. So under this thing that's ha happening is this old thing that's been festering forever that really hurt you or really made you angry in the past. And so it's so your body is going, oh, oh there's that thing under there that feels really, really bad that you've been pushing down for 10 years, but you can't get to it. And you just think it's the road rage. It's like not the road rage. It's that thing. And when what you said was so clear is that you, the way you will know this is if your reaction to the moment is so big and you know that it really didn't need to be that big, this can go with, this, can, this holds true of arguments you have with people. Yeah, I was just going to well say, reminds yeah. me of arguments with my family where, exactly. you know, they say one thing and it's really not that bad. And I, I'm like crazy livid. And then right. you think, well, what, what is going on? Like that does not seem just. Mm -hmm. so, so you really are bringing your mind and body back together again to go let your give your mind the chance to understand you know that this thing you're feeling is valid because everybody's telling you stop being so crazy stop it and you know there is a there is some validity to what's happening it's just that it's out of whack and it's out of control and your mind doesn't really understand anything in that moment so one of the things that we, you and I have talked about a lot, and and it's mm -hmm. it's very it's connected to this, but it's just sort of a it's a continuation of this conversation, which is when things sort of do get really trapped in the body, such mm -hmm. that you 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 have a hard time accessing them, and in a lot of cases, it even disconnects you from your body. Right. So you you sort of. It's like, and, and a lot of people, myself included, many years ago, I really thought that my mind was one place and my body was another place. And they kind of were, but I, I had a really hard time connecting the two. And you, you helped me, you know, connect myself to, <laughs> to my mm -hmm. um, emotions mm -hmm. and in my body in a way that has, that has really helped me and enabled me to, to understand my feelings and emotions so how, how do you how did you kind of come yeah. to that more profound understanding of the mind and the body and how important connecting to your body is and yeah. I, I say this because i feel that so many people because of everything that's going on in the world now and are are very disconnected from you know, their bodies and mm -hmm. it, and then they're finding it a struggle to get connected. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the, what's going on in the world right now that's so challenging and, you know, there's always a reason for everything that even the bad stuff. And I think that it, it is, it is kind of uh, challenging everybody to be, okay, this horrible stuff's going on. Is it going to trigger you? Is it going to make you have anxiety? Is it going to threaten your ability to function? Because it's it's 
causing you to react, you know, to it, like, oh, God, what's happening? Right? Um, and so I think it's a call for the world to, the, the, the healing that used to happen in the world is to, is to be like, okay, well, yeah, this stuff is all happening, but you don't have to go off the deep end and you don't have to flip out about it if you can figure out what is it reminding you of? Because it, we all have a personal story that, like, for instance, this might not be the best example, but I was working with a woman who's, you know, when she was young, her parents split up in a really um, tumultuous way, like really, uh, you know, what's the word? I don't want to say violent, but, you know, it was a, a messy situation, yeah. to say the least. And, um, and her mother was the one who left, and she was... Uh, you know left with her father and so when the twin towers got knocked down she was really set off in such a like she really had a hard time handling that and you know we talked about a lot and i think that what it was reminding her of is being completely out of control and having complete destruction happen and that's what was and that her memory of that in her body is her world falling apart because to a child the parents especially when you're really young are your whole entire world when you get older you realize they're not your world there's other things but when you're like three and four like they are the beginning and the end of the parameters of your world right and so you know that is exactly what it was so again later on i mean she's upset about the twin towers and you know that was a horrible thing that you know and she got active you know with certain things to to uh, help heal that, but it was no longer representing her personal world falling apart. So we can only make sure that we're okay. I mean, it's such an old yogi Eastern thing. It's like, you know, you have to be okay no matter what's happening yeah. out there. Yeah. And how do you, how do you achieve that? Well, this is one of the ways you achieve it is you have to, uh, you have to find out how you're relating to that horrible thing that's happening out there because it's still going to be bad, but it's not going to be that it's so threatening to you. It, once you figure out what it's representing and what it's triggering in your own self. And as far as the question about like the mind and body and how I get there, I mean, there's so many ways to, I think uh, we connect the mind and the body, but the way you and I worked and the way I work a lot, is through the physical, you know, working on being aware of and working with your physical body. Because a lot of people feel very safe, you know, doing certain exercise that um, it doesn't, it's not really like, oh, we're going to get to some emotions, right? Yeah. Because everybody would probably run for the hills because we don't want to feel those things. They don't feel good, but they're very healing. But anyway, so you start with the body. And when you get people to really pay attention to their body and learn about it. So, you know, any kind of exercise where you're not being asked to have any awareness of like where you are in space or where Mm -hmm. you're bearing your weight or how you think you're, you know, like being able to look at, you know, have that, that mind's eye, the mind's eye can see where, where, how my thigh bone is um, connecting right now to my hip socket. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you develop those kind of skills of having that kind of sensitivity to your body, it usually 99.9% of the time leads to the same level of sensitivity. You need to start going, wow, I feel this way. You know, I'm like, my, my, I feel this thing that just happened in my chest. I feel it in my throat. And then you start to be able to understand that your body is the thing that's going to guide you all the time. And if you cut off from it and just try to logically figure out why you just had that fight with somebody, because we've all done this. We've walked away from, a, from an argument and we go back and forth in our mind. Yeah. But this, yeah. but yeah. that, right. but the other thing with, right. with all the logic, with right. all the logic. And when people come to me with that, with like, but I love her, but I hate her. But you know, and I say, okay, why don't we just get rid of all the logical thoughts you're having that, that you're 
making yourself crazy with and just stop and be in this person's presence and open your mouth and breathe through your mouth. I always ask people to breathe through their mouths because when people close their lips and they're trying and they're putting themselves in a moment that wasn't comfortable for them, they right. will stop breathing. Yeah. yeah. So I, as long as your, your jaw is open because your lips are not together, you'll stay breathing to a certain extent. Put yourself in the presence of that person and just cut out all the dialogue in your head. What do you feel in their presence right now? Do you feel safe or, or is your stomach turning or do you feel, and you could love this person, it doesn't matter, but right now when I picture them, I, this is what I feel in my body. Okay, so then what is, that, what is that feeling in your body if you had to put it into words? Like what emotion is it? Are they scaring you? Are they, do you feel angry? Do you feel hurt by them? What is happening? And when you get them to you know, focus in on that and get rid of all the chatter, then they can figure out why. Okay, so what's frightening about it and why? And, and is that something you've also known from the past that right now when they're representing that, it's really triggering you because the child, you know, there's a child in all of us right. 24-7, yeah. you know? Yeah. So the, chi- the child's always going to win and that they're going to try to scream louder and louder and you can keep ignoring it, but you're going to keep ending up back in the same situation because we're all basically looking for love. The child is looking for the love and didn't get and of course everybody got love or we wouldn't be here but you know the love love is a love is a very complicated thing where there's lots of aspects to love it's not just yeah you know it's It's not just just being right right it's way more complicated about being seen all the time being heard all the time having what you feel all the time being uh i read this quote the other day that was so amazing i said why do parents um, not attend to the pain of their child, well, it's because they haven't attended to the pain in them, although, or they would in a minute. If they, if they felt their own pain, yeah, which feels terrible to have to go back and feel your own pain from childhood, well, then there's no way you could ignore your child's pain. But if you're denying yours, of course you're going to deny theirs. Right. That's just the way it no, works. That, no, that totally makes sense. Of yeah. all the, the, the teachers that you've had, um, who, who's been the most influential person in terms of your journey? of transformation? Wow. I think they've all been, I can't give one all the, you know, I think that it's been a cocktail, (laughs) you know, it's been a cocktail of many, uh, well, many, like I'd say a cocktail of uh, one, two, maybe five people that really shaped me and they all brought a different ingredient to it. So what, what I do for a living now is definitely a combination of all of their influence on me, teaching as well as affecting me and uh, making me feel these feelings that we don't, not making me, but um, guiding me to feel these feelings that I didn't want to feel. And then my own, my own, you know, who I am and what I've gone through. I, that's what I bring to the table too. I mean, right. if you don't bring yourself, nobody's going to feel safe if you're not bringing yourself no, up. I, I, I personally think don't think, yeah. It's a really good point. Yeah. What message of hope and love do you have for, for people out there? Uh, see, I, this is a great question, and it took me a little while to think about it. But uh, the, my message of hope would be that I really do believe that underneath it all, we all wouldn't be here unless the power of love, is, that which, which lives in all of us, wasn't present. And so if you can remember that we all deep down, even our parents, even with those of us who had a really hard time with our parents um, or just the normal hard time that you have with your parents, if you can remember that uh, you got here because of love, when they, what, when they conceived you, there had to be love there or you, I do firmly believe you would not have been given life because 
I don't think life happens without love. So if you can hang on to the fact that that's what brought us all here, and we all have that, no matter what happens after that, that we could get back. We're slowly trying to get back to that center and that purity in all of us. And yes, it's messy. I mean, growing up and going through life is messy. Yeah. The world just represents that, you know? And yeah. the more that we want to face our traumas and the dark sides of things that we've gone through, the more the world's going to go, oh, you're ready for this now? Okay, here's the Twin Towers come down. Oh, yeah. you're ready for this now? Okay, here's COVID. You know, it's like, yeah. it, it, it's because we're ready that we're it's, getting it's the next turtle. challenges. The next turtle. Yes, yes. What's a practical piece of advice you have for people who want to improve their health and subsequently their life? I think the most practical thing you can do, and this goes back to awareness, is at least give one minute a day to seeing how am I breathing right now? What's happening? Do I feel any part of my body moving when I'm breathing? You know, just focus on how your body is receiving and giving out air. Like how is it coming in and how is that carbon dioxide going out? Like the, 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 the inhalation exhale. If you could just give one minute a day to that, it's profound. And the other one would be just walking. Like, can you give one minute to pay attention how your feet are touching the ground? How your upper body is being balanced on those feet touching the ground? You know, that, those things really do. I think it's, it, it's turning inward. We have to turn inward and, and stop being out. Yeah. And, and once a day, yeah. A minute. I mean, one. I think that's a good that, you know, if you can't spend one minute thinking yeah. about your breathing, you've got, yes. you've got bigger problems. So are I the, think, yeah, but aren't but, the simplest things the most difficult? Yes, absolutely. And, it's, and, you know, our, the, the breathing is so important and you, um, we'll yeah. do a whole other show on that because it, it, it really <laughs> deserves its own space it definitely does. but thank yeah. you carla so much i really really you. appreciate you and i appreciate all your wisdom and advice and i i think part of what i want to do in this podcast is really talk about practical ways that we can become healthier that we can heal then and i really do feel that people have the capacity to grow and evolve and heal and mm -hmm. that there there really is hope and that we need to focus on getting ourselves better and healthier rather than focusing on all the negative and so that's that's a big thing of what i'm trying to do in this podcast and and talk about uh, all of these aspects of life and health i think it's sorely needed and it's a great idea a great idea well Let's thank you again and thank we'll have we'll have you back on soon okay okay look forward to it thank you so much for having me again okay thanks okay okay Health tip of the day. Every morning, start out your day with a glass of warm water and a teaspoon to a tablespoon of lemon juice. 
it will 